0: Absolutely. It depends on the uh, COR of the flagstick, so the Co-Vision Restitution flagstick. In U.S. Opens, I'll take it out,
1: and uh, every other tour event, when it's uh, fiberglass, I'll leave it in and bounce that ball against the flagstick if I need to.
0: Welcome back, podcast patrons, to another episode of Leave the Pin Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Dan. got my buddy here, Scott, co-hosting, as always, and uh, kind of a weird episode, Scott. Um, there's no golf to talk about today.
1: Um, no, there is no golf. Um, this was, <laughs> it was a crazy couple days because you were down at Sawgrass, uh, you know, prepared to do media for the the Players Championship, and then all of a sudden, the Players Championship was canceled, and then all of a sudden, the next month of golf tournaments for the PGA tour were also canceled. And then you came home.
0: Yeah. And uh, the masters is canceled. The LPGA is canceled. The, uh, corn Ferry tours canceled. The champion tours canceled. The PGA tours canceled. Everything is literally canceled. The USGA said, Hey, our, our championships don't start till late April. So as of right now, everything's on, but obviously we're going to stay on top of these things. Um, here's, here's my big thing, Scott, and this is, this was after being in the thick of things and being at the heart of it and seeing the people out there. First off on Thursday, it was very subdued. Okay. It was very subdued there. Fans had found out that on Friday, they would not be allowed in. We met a lot of people at the hall of fame that had tickets for the weekend that were kind of bummed. What should we do? Should we go back home? Should we just hang out at the hotel and, you know, kind of explore Jacksonville and, and nobody had any idea what to do because their plans were put into such disarray. So after talking with a bunch of people, we found out, we got an email, the PJ Tour media email that on Friday, Saturday, Sunday, was only going to be media allowed. That is it. Essential staff, players, caddies, media. So Derek and I thought, my gosh, this is going to be like maybe the greatest event ever that we lucked into um, we're gonna be the only ones out there. Instead of forty thousand people, there's gonna be forty. Right. And lo and behold, it turns out that obviously the entire players gets canceled. Um, my point of view, and this is coming from someone whose wife is in public health and is is one of our county's liaisons to the CDC and the uh, National Institute of Health and the World Health Organization. Um, and you know, she had told me, uh, you know, a month ago that this is going to blow up and everything is going to shut down. And she said, I just hope that happens after you get back home from the players. Well, she was about three or four days off and obviously everything shut down. Uh, thankfully I changed my flight instead of coming back Saturday night. I came back Friday night because my flight tonight is canceled. Of course. So it, it was, you know, an absolute mess. Derek got his flight changed, um, but we made the best out of a awful situation. And I would like to say, first off, that I feel very privileged to even say that not attending a golf course is an awful situation. You know what I mean? My, my health is there. Nobody that I love or know is infected. Um, you know, I don't have any, uh, anything awful coming my way. Like, that's the worst thing in my life. Right, that I couldn't do media on Friday, Saturday, Sunday at the Players Championship. So, so I'm doing okay. Um, all you know, all said, I was disappointed, of course. Uh, even more so disappointed once we found out that it was completely canceled. But in my opinion, it never should have gone on in the first place. The PGA Tour, a lot of times, takes this lofty, pompous view that they can do no wrong, that their organization is the best thing out there. Um, and they kind of operate on their own level and above the law. Um, I mean, look—you know—as soon as the NBA closed down and suspended their season, everything went downhill. And health officials were saying two weeks prior to this that, look, yeah, you know, we've got to ban these gatherings. But the PGA Tour and and Jay himself said, "Well, this is kind of our Super Bowl, and we were really kind of grinding to get it in." If this was Wells Fargo. If this was the RBC, Mm -hmm. it would have been canceled on the Sunday before. There wouldn't have even been a practice round on Monday. Uh, What were your thoughts on them allowing Thursday to occur, and then actually Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday to occur, and then just cutting the tournament off? Uh,
1: I feel like that was kind of surprising. I thought once they started on Thursday that they would continue to play without the fans. Uh, if they they did need to, you know, do something. I was very surprised after they announced that they were going to play it without fans that it was canceled. Uh, Because I figured at that point, like, you have that, it's just a small community of people, uh, the players, the caddies, even the media. Like, most of those people are traveling with the tour to begin with. Uh, So I kind of felt like, okay, like, this is a group of people who are always together. There's, you know, a pretty good chance that most of them are going to you know, be healthy and, you know, they'll, you know, close off the, you know, close off the doors to everyone else and just finish this tournament and then, you know, go back to their respective places for a little bit. um, To then, you know, you know, tune in a couple hours later and see, yeah, we're just going to shut the whole thing down. That was really surprising. But again, you're, you're right. The PGA tour does have this like lofty, like we can't do any wrong and, you know, while everything else was sort of getting canceled around them, uh, you know, part of me was, was thinking that they were going to kind of just keep going because it is a little bit different because they're outdoors. There's, you know, there's no like hard surfaces and things like that. Um, but you know, I do think kind of shutting it down for a little bit to the right call. Um, you know, don't create situations where you're going to have these big gatherings. Um, I think the Masters might be. Uh, I feel like they maybe jumped a little bit early.
0: The Masters is 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 interesting, and yeah. I feel like the Masters doesn't do anything irrationally. Do you know what I mean? Golf doesn't do anything irrationally. Golf sits around and and talks about things for hours on end. You know what I mean? Golf is is slow to change. It's years behind other sports. It's not instantaneous. The, the game itself is not. The, the people that make the decisions are not. Um, so the Masters thing makes me almost think that they were talking and they settled upon something like, hey, late September, early October, when the course is back open again, we can hold it then. We found a spot in the schedule. We've talked to a few people do you know what I mean? The Masters is, is cold. They're calculating. They don't do things irrationally. They don't do it on feelings, on a whim. Everything is very kind of by the book and analytical with them. So I kind of feel like maybe they have something already set in the future. Um, the other well, thing.
1: It's not canceled, canceled. It's, it's, it's postponed. Right. So they, they know that something. They're going to have a, another time.
0: Exactly. And, and here's the other thing with with the Masters. I firmly believe that the Masters of any tournament out there would be more than fine with no fans, no spectators on the grounds. Okay, the Masters said commercials, screw commercials. We mm-hmm. don't need it, we'll do it our way. Fans, forget these, these heathens, these patrons that walk our grounds that shouldn't be there, these servants, these serfs, you know what I mean? These right. peons. Get them out of here. We're going to do things our way. And and because the Masters, those type of people like to control everything. So what better way to kind of gain control over the Masters than saying, hey, nobody is allowed on the grounds but media, caddies, players, and then the exalted ones with the green jackets.
1: Right. The only thing with that, and the only reason I feel like maybe <laughs> – they, they did cancel is because there's obviously players from foreign countries who are, you know, exempt into the Masters who have already qualified. Um, and maybe there was this feeling that some of them wouldn't be able to get here because of various different, you know, regulations, let's say. Um, so maybe they were kind of taking a proactive step for that also, you know. But again, yeah, you're right. I, like, I could... Go ahead.
0: No, I, I, can, I can see that. That's a great point, because the Masters put so much into the Asia-Pacific um, championship, into the, the Latin American championship, where their winners get automatic entrance. So you put that much in, and that much money, and that much publicity into those two tournaments, and then to say, Oh, gosh, hey, those people in April can't even get flights here. You know, they're not even allowed to come in. So, yeah, I, I believe firmly, and that's a phenomenal point, I think they're protecting their product. That, that becomes number one with them. They're all businessmen and businesswomen, right? And so number one is protect your investment. And their investment is the Masters Tournament. So regardless of what's going on, they're going to protect their investment.
1: Truth. Very true.
0: Um, I like I liked the USGA's stance, uh, you know, uh, full disclosure behind the scenes we have a great rapport with the USGA everyone knows that um you know i don't want to say we're fanboys but i like a lot that they do there's a lot that that goes wrong that i'm more than happy to call them on but i like their stance and they're in a very enviable position scott their their top national championships are not till june now Most officials and most experts will tell you that by June, uh, the cases should subside. We should be in a recession of all these cases, and it really shouldn't be that much of a global problem anymore. So I really think the USJ of of all the organizations is sitting prettiest right now. The PGA, uh, that's tough, especially this year at Harding Park in San Fran. That's going to be really difficult for them to go through with it, being San Francisco is literally a ghost town right now.
1: Right. I mean, I, I saw some tweets, or maybe there was Instagram posts. There's a, a possibility that they would move it to Sawgrass and play it without fans. Um, so, I guess that's a possibility also.
0: Yeah, I'm not sure how... Uh, I, you don't,
1: know- I don't think it's an accurate thing either, but... It becomes one of those things where if they they had to do it, I guess that's something that they can control.
0: right. but the you know, does the PGA of America want us to cede control to the PGA tour? Um, I'm not sure. Maybe maybe there's a way they work it out where the PGA tour says, look we're we're gonna give you our venue. If you want to use some of our people, you can. But if you want to bring all your people in, you know, you can. Um, but who's who's to say that St. John's County in Jacksonville doesn't get blown up, you know, with this virus just like San Francisco does? That's, that's the whole problem. It's the unknown. That's what Derek right. and I had to deal with when we were there. It's like, do we cancel our flight? Do I pay to get on this next flight? Do I... Completely cancel it and try to get home even earlier? Do I stay? Is my flight going to get canceled? Do I drive home? It's, it's the not knowing that is really difficult for people. And it's easy to say, like, you know, I, I know your daughter's school is closed for two weeks. My, my kids' school, our schools are closed uh, for two weeks by referendum of the governor. And it's like, okay, well, if two weeks passes, what happens next? Right? What happens on that fifteenth day? Is everything all of a sudden hunky-dory? And the same thing with sports. They're going through the same exact thing as well.
1: Yeah, I, well, and that's so and again, like with the NBA, they were I mean, I think the NCAA canceled first and then I think the NBA kind of followed followed suit. Um, like those seasons go well not the NCAA, but the NBA season goes so long
0: it goes till June.
1: Yeah, like, part of me kind of feels like, even doing that, like, why not just do this, and let's say, okay, we're canceling the rest of the regular season, and then if, you know, people are well enough to start doing this again, when the playoffs would start, this is the standings as of when the playoffs start, and just, we're going to go from there, but I, I guess, you know, I guess even that is potentially too dangerous, so... You're absolutely right. Like how 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 is the PGA Tour going to resume play, or you know, in time for the PGA Championship and the Masters, if potentially, in you know, a few weeks, this is still a thing.
0: Yeah, so. I mean that's that's the that's the toughest thing. It's it's the it's the fear of the unknown. I'm always of the mindset of of I'd rather be safe than sorry, and you know, if if anything. This uh, this virus, this disease has has shown people that regardless of where you stand in life, regardless of, of how important you think you are, how much money you have, it's irrelevant. Right. And, and, you know, I say it all the time. And I guess based on what I do for a living, it's relevant to me. But if you don't have your health, I mean, you have nothing. I mean, you could be a multi-billionaire, but if you can't get out of bed every morning, you know, to enjoy it, what's the point that uh, there isn't one? Uh, on an interesting side note, Scott, I've actually I was actually messaging with a bunch of pros today to kind of see what they're doing during this time of uncertainty, having a month off, uh, LPGA having you know six weeks off, uh, for that matter, and a bunch of them are actually playing a ton of local mini tours. Um, so if 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 not for anything else, one of the groups or organizations that's benefiting from this are these local mini tours like the outlaw tour in the southwest and uh, the sunshine tour down in florida and these pros are going to be tainted up with like your rank and file pga teaching pros that you know might play a monday tuesday tournament uh every other week so very very interesting um that Uh, literally about seven of them, both PGA and LPGA, told me that, yeah, we're going to be playing some mini tours here and there. And uh, obviously working with their coaches and and all that stuff, but just trying to stay on top of their game because they have no idea when their season is actually going to start up again. It's easy to say on the PGA Tour that the RBC is going to be the start. But, I mean, with everything that's happening, do we really believe that the RBC is, is in concrete, that it's stamped, that that's going to be the start of the season again. I don't believe it.
1: Nah. I, yeah. I feel like it's one of those things where it, it may or may not get pushed back. Um, but again, that's, it is, it's completely unknown. This is the first time this, I, I can remember anything like this happening, even with like, you know, like September 11th, like, okay, the, the Ryder cup was canceled, but, this, you know, PGA Tour season was over. You know, the NFL, you know, pushed itself back a week. Like, all of these things are, you know, it's so unknown. And it's, it's yeah, unprecedented.
0: That's, that's a, a great point. That's Derek and I were actually talking about that. And that's what I kind of compared this to. That's it, 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 In my lifetime, in our lifetime, I should say, it's the only thing that's relevant enough to compare it to, right, is the fact that, you know, nine eleven, when that occurred, for a week, you know, the country was just in shock. And and again, that was another fear of the unknown. Is it anything else going to occur after these actions? And thankfully, it didn't. But that was a time of confusion. It was a time of uh, kind of solidarity. This is a little bit different because th- there is no solidarity. You know, experts are telling people to, you know, socially distance yourselves from other people. So... What we're doing here, you know, connecting digitally with others, uh, you know, through the use of this podcast and Instagram and everyone else that's out there um, is, in my mind, actually a very positive thing right now. It's a way to still reach everybody while staying safe and kind of letting this uh, dissipate a bit over time.
1: You You know, and and that's a that's a good point, because uh, and. Again, you know, full disclosure, if you haven't been listening for that long, both Dan and I are teachers and, you know, podcasts are a way that, you know, teachers can can reach their students. So, you know, we're out here, you know, talking to each other, talking to, you know, our other fans of golf. It's a way to kind of take your mind off things. But, you know, the fact that we're doing this and, you know, other people are going to be doing it. That's, you know, it's it's a good time to have this happen because there's all different ways to, you know, get, keep in touch with people.
0: Right. And, and, uh, you know, in this day and age with the advent of technology and social media, um, for once social media, I think is looked upon in a very favorable light. Um, there's always the talk of the negative that goes along with it and kind of the hate culture and the cancel culture that comes along with social media. But, but this is one way that, that, People can connect and, and stay in touch with those that they love and find out what's going on with, with others. And so, uh, you know, I mean, I'm I'm happy to do our small part in, in maybe putting a smile on someone's face or at least taking them away from the overarching fear of the coronavirus. You know, if we can be a little respite for that, so be it. Um, I do want to tell people this might put a smile on your face. We've got a contest running. On our Instagram page, it's our last Instagram post. And I did pick up some swag from the Players' Championship. We went there at the end of the day. Um, You would have thought people were trying to buy toilet paper and hand sanitizer. That's how many people were there. It was nuts, Scott. So I picked up some items. There's a picture of those on our story. If you haven't seen them, they're pretty cool. It's uh, a logoed ball, player's ball marker, an embroidered koozie, a bunch of leave-the-pin swag. We're going to put that all together together. And all you got to do is tag people that don't follow us. Once those people follow, as many people as you get to follow, that's how many entries you have. As of current time, Saturday night at 7.12 when we're recording, we have 218 entries. So I can't thank people enough. It's been phenomenal. Um, keep the comments coming, keep tagging your friends, you get an extra entry if you share it, and put it in your Instagram story as well, we've had a bunch of people do that, and then tomorrow night, after the tournament is over, well, <laughs> excuse me, when the tournament should have ended, we're going to pick the winner, so around 6 o'clock, 6.30, 6.45 or so, we'll pick the winner, put it up in the Instagram story, tag them, and then I'll send that stuff out to Mon- on Monday uh, to the winner. Scott, it was insane in the merch tent there. Now you and I have been to US Opens, which literally has the biggest merch tent. We've been to the Masters where people are rabid for that gear. This Mm -hmm. was literally on par with both of those.
1: So the uh the PGA last year at Beth Page, the merch and I'll you know I'm gonna air quote tent um was the size of a football field. And I have to say, I, well, the times that I went, I did not wait online because uh, I, I caught it before there was a line one day and then didn't purchase anything the second day I walked through. Um, but they were telling me that the lines on Saturday were you were waiting online for over an hour to check out, and they had tons of people working. So.
0: All right, well, this wasn't that bad, but I mean, I did wait 25 minutes at like five in, in the evening and we weren't even going to go. Our plan was to go Friday when no one was there, but then we started thinking to ourselves, mm-hmm. you know what, if it's just media and we talked to a lot of volunteers and they were like, look, I don't even think we're coming tomorrow. You know, I think it's just going to be like the team leaders that show up because what do they need us for? So if it right. wasn't for the volunteers telling us that, we wouldn't even have gone. And then we started thinking, well, look, if no one's there, why do you open a merch tent if you can't sell anything to anybody? So we swung by, thankfully, picked up a nice uh, heavy-duty flag and uh, you know, cool hat, and then the stuff to give away to people. So, uh, so we're excited for that, you know? give back to, to all the people that have supported us. And, and honestly, the, I mean, for all of you that got us to the Players' Championship, albeit for a day.
1: I, I will also say this: that the the hat that you're giving away, uh, we're
0: not giving I, away a hat. We oh, are, don't do not listen wh- to Scott. We are not giving away a hat.
1: I thought there was a hat in there.
0: No, anyway, the hat is on my head.
1: Well, anyway, that hat that you purchased, I think, was on course only.
0: You think that that's not available online?
1: Uh, I'm. As of this moment, a hundred percent sure it's not available online.
0: So I the the neither is, neither is people,
1: that logo ball by the way.
0: Okay, well, a lot of people were saying that since they have so much stuff, eventually it's going to make its way onto yeah uh, the Players Championship website, the shop. Now, the shop has some great deals from stuff in years past. I mean, just like some phenomenal stuff out there. So. You know, one of the things is if you were there Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, or if you had plans on Friday, Saturday, Sunday to go and you had tickets to go, it might not be a bad idea to just kind of check that website every day. Um, I would assume, too, the tour would would make notice or put people on notice that things would become available because there was so I mean, there's so much stuff there that, you know, what are you going to do with what are you going to do with 2020 logoed players material? You know, like, I've got a logo flag right now for a tournament that doesn't exist. Like, this, it's not real, Scott. It's lost to the ether. You know, I know Hideki Mm -hmm. is the champion, the 2020 players champ, but it's not a tournament. So it's pretty cool to have something from a tournament that never happened.
1: Yeah, that, that is definitely, definitely pretty awesome. I mean, I guess some of the stuff they'll just, you know, throw back in the storage and sell it next year. But, yeah, I mean... The stuff that's online right now that is on sale is pretty cool looking too. So, no, they, it,
0: you know, one of the things that bothers me about tournaments is a lot of times they tend to go overboard when they're creating logos. And this year specifically, the players was just completely clean with the golden swinging icon person. Um, I'm not even sure. Is it Sevy? I don't even know who it's labeled after. Maybe you can look into that. But the only reason I say Sevi is because the pants look like they're almost bell-bottom-esque.
1: So, that's a really good question. And I've—hold on. I feel like I've looked this up, and it's it's supposedly no one. Okay. Um, But there are players, I think, who have claimed that it's them.
0: Oh, gotcha. Well, of course, I'm sure Gary Player, you know, claims that it's actually him.
1: <laughs> yeah. So the tour has claimed many times that it is nobody. OK. um, then, um Johnny Miller has claimed that it's him. OK. Go, go figure.
0: Well, I could um, also go. Go figure is correct, but I could see it with the bell bottoms and a little bit of it looks like maybe he has longish hair. But if I had to put my money and you put a gun to my head, I would I would go with Seve. But again, does Seve really represent the PGA Tour? And that would be a no. So Johnny Miller is no. a great choice.
1: Uh, and then there's other people who say it resembles Tom Weisskopf.
0: Ooh, I could see that as well. I believe I have a Tom Weisskopf uh, trading card in front of me right now. No, you probably do. Yeah. No, so- I could. That's that's wow. Tom or or Johnny? Yeah, I could see both of those. I could see that. And
1: back in 2016, um, people petitioned the PGA Tour to change the silhouette to Arnold Palmer.
0: Arnold has gone on record as saying he doesn't want to be that. You know, just like Jerry West for the NBA has said, I don't, I don't want to be the logo. You know, they're, they're just humble guys, old school guys. Um, now to have Arnold on that yeah I mean I think that would be phenomenal because you would you would easily be able to tell with that helicopter finish
1: right right um, this article actually there's an article from 2011 ESPN made uh, I'm actually gonna tweet this out they made 12 different logos um, some of them I think are a little tongue in cheek um, but you could rank the logos that they had um, and put them in the order that you felt was the best. There's uh you know, a Jack Nicholas, um, you know, yes, sir, after the putt, um, also, as seen on our spirit of eighty six merch.
0: I was gonna uh, say if you go if you go <laughs> to the bonfire leak in our Instagram profile, and actually, I just got that shirt in as well as the iPhone case um which i put up on an instagram story which is sick by the way it came out incredible interested in it let me know
1: yeah there's uh phil mickelson making his vertical you know vertical leap
0: now that he already owns a trademark to that yeah
1: right? yeah um there's a uh, uh, tiger woods holding a, a crutch this is um post scandal tiger 2011 right. so john daly drinking a beer um, Chi Rodriguez, you know, sword fighting with his putter. Arnold, I'm telling Palmer-
0: you what that is something I'm surprised is not a logo somewhere. That would be phenomenal.
1: yeah, it, it, it that's actually pretty cool. Uh, and Arnold Palmer holding a pitcher and a cup uh, clearly of you know uh, a beverage named after himself. right. And that, you know, those logos will be on my my Instagram at LTP underscore Scott in two seconds.
0: Yeah, I like that. I like that a lot. Um so so we're we're at a time right now where like we said before and everyone that listens I'm sure is a golf nerd like us and they understand everything's canceled. There's there's gonna be no live golf to talk about. The golf channel already is running reruns of golf films. I mean they're gonna literally run out of archival material. Today they're showing the 2019 Players Championship. Like I need to see that again. You know, I don't need to see Rory win again or Tiger and Kevin Nile You know, walk their putts in together. It's cute, but been there, done that. Um, I would love if the Golf Channel went into the vault and pulled up just some really cool stuff. I'd love to see some awesome skins games. I'd like to see the Tiger, David Duval, Annika, Fred Funk skins game again. All those, uh, the Rory under the lights battle. Those are things I would like to revisit because. I think it would be very cool to see the progression of these guys as they were younger golfers to kind of where they are now. You know, it would be great to see uh, maybe a day of all Rory footage or a day of all Jordan Spieth footage, uh, JT, whatever, you know, something along those lines. Get creative with it if they want to put some time into it. What will actually happen? they'll probably go into the vault into the archives and just kind of collect things and throw them up randomly and show 18 epi- you know 18 reruns of Bagger Vance.
1: Yeah or yeah or how many times can we watch Big Break? You know cuz they have those they can show that for a while. Um yeah Bagger Vance is a popular one. Um what's the other one? The greatest game ever played. Um yeah I mean I feel like they show those all a lot.
0: Yeah, Um, well, we'll see what they're gonna do. I mean, it is what it is at this point. You know, we're always gonna have stuff to talk about, but the problem with the golf channel is they don't do enough for the common person. Everything revolves around the tour. I think this might be an opportunity for them to give back to the common fan and maybe maybe create some new programming. You know, maybe maybe brainstorm the next day or so and go out and, and film some stuff and don't worry about it being edited. Perfectly, you know, almost almost like some YouTube series are where there's a little bit of flubs in there and things are are more natural, you know. Just let let people kind of peek behind the curtain a little bit, if you will.
1: Right. And that would be kind of cool. Yeah, that well, that, that would be really cool.
0: They won't do that. We know it.
1: No, absolutely not. As, um, and, 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 this, and this actually now would be a good time to do what they don't do well and highlight some of their younger players. You know, no, make, I, make, yeah, I agree completely make, you know, make people fans of some of these guys who are going to be around for a while. Let's, let's do a, you know, a, a you know, a thing on Matthew Wolf, Victor Hovlin and Colin Morikawa do like a, you know, a couple hour long documentary on each of them, you know, you know, not each of them, but all three of them. So yeah,
0: you know what you know what I would love? I would love hey we heard um uh, sh- we heard Kevin Knob is playing a mini tour in Vegas out by where he lives. Hey, let's send a camera. Let's send a reporter and we're going to do an hour on it. Okay, let's follow him for 5 6 holes. That would be incredible. I would watch that. I know thousands of people would watch that.
1: Oh, uh, yeah, definitely.
0: There's, there's, Again, there's a lot of things that can be done, uh, but golf is very reluctant to change. Golf media is very reluctant to change. And, uh, you know, again, like you said, greatest game ever played, Bagger Vance, Tin Cup, uh, ad nauseum for the next four weeks or so. Um, Scotto, do you have any questions? Flip the script on me. Do you have any questions about the Players' Championship that maybe I didn't get to uh, talk to you about?
1: So question number one, um, and I I know you weren't there for, you know, that long, unfortunately, but, and because it's kind of weird because of what's going on, but uh, I was going to ask about the major atmosphere. Um, You know, obviously you're going to lose a little bit of the, you know, the crowd as it were, Um, but in terms of how it's set up, like, does it feel like a major?
0: It's a, gr- it's a great question, and I can't answer that truthfully mm-hmm. because after talking with so many volunteers and so many fans that have been there year after year, every single person, to a man, to a woman, told me, this is not normal. This is not a typical Thursday. This is not the players. So,
1: it, the so it's not, pers- it's it's not fair to say no.
0: It's not fair to say no. Um, If you just go by the size of the merch tent, the size of the structures that are are built, the amount of cameras, uh, the fact that there's a a, a walking reporter and walking cameraman with every single group, if you go by that stuff, I would say it's pretty close. But I got to tell you, it it didn't feel special. It didn't feel hyped. Um, But... I feel like the reason why it didn't is because with everything that was going on. I mean, peop- there were, people were very preoccupied. I, I, I heard more conversations about, hey, do you know where there's hand sanitizer? You know, was there soap in that bathroom? I heard more of those conversations than I did. Hey, who's that coming up 16? Is, is that Wolf and Morikawa? Uh, it looks like it, but I think, oh, it is because Hovland's wearing the pink pants. I saw him on 12. You know, then more golf conversations. Um, mm. here, here's, a, here's a weird thing, Scott, that Derek and I noticed. There were so many, like, teenage and preteen kids running around all day long. No parents or anything. And the only thing I can surmise is it was probably kids of members at Sawgrass. Sawgrass is actually right. enormous... Community. I don't know if people know that. It's not just the course. I mean, it's literally an enormous gated housing community with multiple courses, multiple clubhouses, pools, uh, tennis courts, playgrounds, you name it. Um, so I feel like a lot of those kids just live there because there is an entire parking lot for just golf carts and just bicycles. Right on the premise of right behind the clubhouse there before you get to like that you know fifty million dollar drive where they put in a few years mm. ago, gotcha, so long story short, um to me, it did not feel like a major. However, I feel like that that thought is skewed by what was going on in the world so oh. i will tell i will I will answer that question next year
1: fair, fair enough, fair enough. Um, And then in terms of, you know, let's compare media centers, Um, I I mean, obviously gigantic, but, you know, as well stocked was there, if you wanted a podcast from down there, was there a quiet room to do that in, Um, you know,
0: describe that experience for
1: people who've never been part of it.
0: So I put a a video up sneak peek inside, you know, the the brain trust inside the computer behind the scenes of the media center. Every I'm talking a gosh, 30 foot high by 100 foot long video board inside. Mm -hmm. It's not an exaggeration. And then that video board held everyone's score front nine back nine split continually updated live scoring. Then there were two enormous screens, which are probably 120, 150-inch TVs that showed live coverage. Then there were laptops, and your laptop would get every feed because it was every shot. It was like free PGA Tour live for everybody. However, with all that going on and and. You know, I, I've shown stuff on the Instagram page of doing media before, and I don't like to be in the media center. I want to be out there. No, you want to be out on the course. Right, which which other media people that I speak to are just like, dude, you're crazy. Like, you know, they, look at everything they give us in here. It's air conditioned. I'm like, well, that's that's not what we do for this podcast. You know, I don't need to be filing reports and, and blogging about stuff, and I don't need a space. I just yeah, need a space to sit every once in a while.
1: Yeah, and, and we could stay at home if we wanted air conditioning.
0: Right, and I could watch this on TV. I, I want to be out, I want to grind, I want to hoof it with the players. I want to give people behind the scenes out on the course. Here's something that's going to blow people away. The food there, let me hold my tongue so the PJ Tour still likes me. It was not as adequate as some other tournaments I have been to. Let me say that it was very similar to some Corn Ferry Tour events. Okay. The Wyndham and all props to Sedgefield and the Wyndham Championship blew it away out of the order uh, With as far as offerings, as far as food that was available. Um, the only cool thing they had, uh, CJ or C&J, which is a Korean food-based company, had these Korean seedweed chips that that Derek knew about and said, dude, you got to try these. They're phenomenal. And then they had this ginkgo lemonade soda which was it was insane it was so good i have no idea what was in it but it was a korean soda and it was incredible Mm. um but that's a snack that's nothing to 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 tide you over and the wyndham just blew it away in terms of what was what was offered for lunch and and the amount of drinks available they had okay put it this way (laughs) With the money that the PGA Tour has, you would think they would have infinitely, uh, in, in an infinity amount of cooler stock with water, soda, Gatorade, and stuff like that, right? There were two coolers, like two stand-up refrigerator items, and, and one had wraps and sandwiches, which were great. It was fantastic. The roast beef one I had was, was awesome, uh, and I'm thankful that they fed us. And the other one had soda and water. That was it. It was one stand-up, see-through refrigeration system for that. The Wyndham had 12 of those for the Wyndham Championship. There you go. So to say that I was underwhelmed um, would not be an understatement. Okay, well, that's surprising. I was very surprised. Now, some of the cooler moments that maybe only the players can kind of uh, give to you. We're, we're walking out there, see Michael Collins, start chatting with him a little bit. It's very gracious to give us a little bit of uh, time for Instagram. And then as soon as we get done with him, here comes Phil right over to us. And, you know, we're gathered in the reporter scrum, and there was only about four or five of us there. And then, I mean, that was that was incredible. You know, I mean, it really was... A very cool moment to be uh, two feet away from Phil as he's explaining his round and how weird tomorrow is going to be. Now, ultimately, we know that tomorrow never happened, but uh, just a very cool experience there. Oh, also, let me say so, this. The setup of, of TPC Sawgrass sucks. it's oh. very It's very cool that you can see everything or a lot of things from different areas. But... To get to the merch tent, it was the furthest point on the property away from the entrance.
1: I wonder why that's like that.
0: Okay, so uh, the only reason I can think of is that they put it behind 17. And where do most people congregate? 17. Fair enough. But the amount of people there, when, when Derek and I, we we backtracked, we we walked the course, you know, reverse. So we came from 18, uh, 18 T box. Talked to uh, the lead over there. He had worked the 17th tunnel for 15 years, so told us a ton of stories and stuff like that. He's on the pod um, that we did when we were there. And then we walked up the little hill to 17, and I looked at him, and I said, dude, where is everybody? Mm-hmm. And it it looked like, Thursday looked like a practice round. That's exactly what it looked like. That's the best way I can explain it. It had the feel of a practice round, even though the fifth biggest tournament in the in the in the world was going on
1: wow well i mean that again it's just one of those things it's it's unprecedented it's it's a whole new world now where you know this is these are the kind of things that we're facing
0: yeah very true now i've said some negatives let me throw some praise on the pga tour and tpc sawgrass First off, the tour there did the greatest job at getting players right off the course to the media. It was so easy, so accessible, and you could be interviewing people and still see uh, the 18th green. You could see the putting green. You could see the chipping area, and you could see part of the range. So you could be doing interviews with players and still feel like you were connected to the course. Every other tournament that we've done media at, everything is very isolated. It's like here's the media area, mm-hmm. and then the rest of the course is over there. So a very cool open air feel, very very Augusta-like under the big trees. Um, you know where where uh, all the members and players can eat out there, and you're only separated by a rope. Very very cool. The other thing, I understand now why people are so hyped to even get there. PJ Tour, Latino America card, McKenzie Tour card, Corn Ferry Tour card, because you get full privileges at Sawgrass. These practice facilities were mind blowing. So there's the main range, there's the main putting green, which is basically almost two greens. Then there's the main chipping area. Then you go around the back of that, and there's the same exact thing. So we stood there and watched Patrick Reed and his, his you know, his Caddy Kessler chip in complete anonymity, no one around, super quiet. Jordan Spieth comes over, uh, Matt Wolf was over there, we saw Woodland, and all these guys are away from all the main stage. And there may have been 10 to 15 fans and five or six media people back there with them. It was a very, very cool experience. So if you ever get to Sawgrass, if you ever get to the Players' Championship, do not stop at the main putting green. Don't waste your time by the chipping area. Don't even bother to try to see them on the range, follow the path around and across from four bang a left. And you will be in just complete isolation with you and a few players. Very cool experience there.
1: Uh, Yeah. I mean, and that's an interesting thing because uh, like I go to the, the travelers championship a lot and if you're at the Travelers Championship, there's, you know, stands at the driving range, which is also, by the way, one of the better driving ranges I've seen on a, at a tour event. And from the stands, like, there, you can see the players that are in the middle, but the players that are kind of, like, that choose to go all the way out to the right as you're kind of facing the range, um, they're very isolated. And then there's another part of the range that's all the way to the left, which is essentially blocked out by, um, by a, a tent where they distribute the balls. That's like the super private part of the range. And as a, you know, regular fan, you cannot get over there. So those players are, are truly isolated. And I've seen, you know, I've seen Speeth head over there. I've seen Rory head over there. Um, You know, Vijay Singh has been over there a lot because, you know, he'll just go out there and hit balls all day. Um, So, yeah, that's an interesting thing when players choose to isolate themselves, not for, you know, coronavirus purposes, but because they're working on their game and they want some quiet.
0: Well, I think the guys, too, I think one of the things they like is not feeling like they're on display all the time. You know, sometimes there's something you just want to work out. I, I have times like this. You have times like this. Oh, yeah where you go to a range and you just don't want to be bothered. And I don't want to have to put my headphones in, but I just want to go off to an area and let me just work on something. And so I feel like guys really respect tournaments that can do that. And then the, you know, the, the Travelers there sounds like they're doing the same kind of thing as, as uh, TPC Sawgrass. Um, I do want to wrap this up, Scott, today with talking a little bit about how we spent our time. Once we found out that the players was canceled, both Derek and I got our flights changed a day early. Like I said, thankfully I did, because otherwise I'd be driving a rental car home and I wouldn't be home till probably Monday. So, um, you know, we looked around and we decided that we we're going to play some golf. So called up a few places, went online, some super expensive places, you know, 90 bucks for a round, 50 bucks for club rental. We really weren't looking for that. You know, we were looking for more of like a uh, local gem, a salt of the earth course. We found one. I wouldn't call it a gem. It was local, but they only banged us 15 bucks for club rental. That's a steal, Mm. you know?
1: That's not bad.
0: No. And the greens fees were 26 bucks and then $8 for a dozen balls and teas, uh, a drink, and a Three Musketeer bar, and we were off. Now we played a course called Cecil Fields Naval Course.
1: The scorecard. Uh, Thank you. I was going to say, cause this, by the way, just everyone, I I asked Dan where, where they were playing. He told me this and I actually laughed out loud in the middle of my living room. Continue.
0: (laughs) So, so Cecil Fields Naval course, the sign says it, the inside stuff says it. um, It's everywhere. When we drove out, Derek said, do you have a scorecard? I said, yeah, there's one on here. We didn't plan on keeping score. We we're playing with rental clubs. My, my bag had a nine degree Callaway Diablo, a, a 10 degree uh, tour matrix driver. I had two drivers. Don't ask me why. I had two putters. Um, I only had a pitching wedge. Nothing else. You know what I mean? It was like, it was mishmash. And, you know, Scott and I have our own golf association called the DSGA. Everyone's welcome to join. Um, But the DSGA has decided in meetings that if you are playing around, that does not include your own clubs, that it does not count towards DSGA standings. So Scott had texted me this. He says, well, just have fun. Realize it doesn't count towards the standings. I said, oh, yeah, I know. Trust me. Believe me with these clubs. But I go to look at some of the holes. And Derek says, how far do you think this hole is? I said, I don't know, dude. It it looks like easily 420, 430. The scorecard says 350. Oh, man, that looks a lot further than 350. Okay, whatever. Hit our drive. We have like 200 yards in. I'm like, my God, dude. I must have. Maybe I popped that up. It didn't go as far as I thought. About three or four holes in, we flip the scorecard over and realize the scorecard is from a place called Fiddler's Green. But – we're not playing a course called Fiddler's Green. We're playing a course called Cecil Field's Naval Course. There's literally random scorecards in the carts.
1: So, <laughs> I,
0: I have here, never had that happen before.
1: So, here's the, the no, that's not it. Uh, forget it. No, that's the. So that's the question. Is there a Fiddler's Green golf course?
0: Or was Fiddler's Green the name of it before it got changed? Or is Cecil Fields the previous name and they just didn't have enough money to change over to Fiddler's Greens? There's so many questions, Scott. But let me say this. It was a a blast playing with Derek. Um, It was fun to be out there. It was 88 degrees. I come back today, I'm chipping in the yard with a winter hat and, you know, cold weather gear on. Okay, so it was phenomenal just to be out there. There's a disc, and here's the the other kicker. It's part of the Pro Disc Golf Tour. They have a big banner on the roof that says Pro Disc Golf Tour, and the tournaments are listed. And Cecil Fields is listed. So... Some of now, if you don't know disc golf, disc golf, there's like a big cylinder with chains that hang down and you have to throw the disc in it and the disc like there's a driving disc. There's ones for shorter distances. There's ones that you can curve more and stuff like that. Uh, I've never played it. It looks kind of cool. I would do it, but I wouldn't do it in lieu of golf. So the pro shop has nothing but disc golf stuff in there, a cooler, some candy and all these used discs because this is, after all, a stop on the Disc Golf Pro Tour. So some of the cylinders, or the holes, if you will, the flags for Disc Golf, are right in the middle of tee boxes. So conceivably, um, there could be Disc Golf people throwing Frisbees at you while you are teeing off. It It's absolutely brilliant.
1: You, yeah, I mean, that's that's great. Because that's what we want. So... I'm almost certain that Fiddler's Green was the old name for it. Uh, I, I'm looking at it on Google Maps, and I, you know, I, I googled it. I got the scorecard, and it brought me to Google Maps, where there is a a golf course that is marked New World Sports Complex with, and it's essentially a disc golf course that has a golf course attached to it.
0: Well, you've solved one riddle. Here's the next mystery, Scott. Here's the next riddle. Oh, it gets better. Oh, it gets better. So on 18, made a great par. Hit driver off deck. Hit wedge up. Just barely missed the putt. The greens were, let's say, running at about, I don't know, four, four and a half or so. The fairways were a nice mix of weed and sand. And we get up to 18, and there's a guy driving in a cart. And Derek says, that's kind of weird. He doesn't have clubs back there. As we get to the green, we see that one tee for the disc golf course is right there. This man had two different discs and was driving a cart for the disc golf course. Now, if you don't know, disc golf holes are like, you know, maybe 100 yards long. Uh, you right. know, you you could fit an entire disc golf course in a field. um, Like, you could make a football field into a disc golf course. And this man had a cart. It was brilliant.
1: Uh, he probably had more than two discs with him, too. Because they have, like, four or five discs. Like, they have a driver disc. And then they have, like, discs that curve and discs that go straight. And then they have a putter disc. Yeah. I, I, I once watched... Uh, a like YouTube video about how to play disc golf, because um, there there is a disc golf course not too far from here, and I considered like oh maybe I'll head out. I love golf. I, I'm you know I'm okay with frisbee. Um, let's check that out. But ultimately, it was just too weird for me.
0: So I think maybe it leads us to possibly having a disc golf match one day.
1: I see, and that's the thing. Like I would, I would try it out with you, or you know, and along with other people, go in there by myself and throwing some frisbees around. Just kind of didn't feel right to me.
0: How many frisbees do you think becomes too burdensome and cumbersome that you would need a cart? How many? You can buy disc frisbee disc satchels because yes. they sell them at this course. Yeah.
1: Uh, How many would I need to be carrying around? Um, I would say if I purchase a case of discs and there was, you know, a hundred in there, that would be kind of annoying to, to carry the box around. So then I would probably want a cart.
0: Understood. Understood. But carrying
1: five, five, essentially Frisbees in a, a little, you know, canvas satchel. I think yeah. that I could walk around with.
0: Yeah, I think you could probably handle it, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, this guy couldn't. <laughs> uh, you, can't, you can't make this stuff up. You know, the things you see sometimes. The things you see on a golf course. But it was cool. It was a fun time. It is what it is. Uh, hey, I would say stay tuned for our coverage from the tournament for next week. But there isn't one. So we'll get out. We'll play some golf. And uh, we'll chop it up next week. You know what I mean?
1: I mean, we are off, so there is there is a possibility that that could happen.
0: Oh, for sure. For sure. And actually, you know, I mean, who knows? Maybe we'll uh, maybe we'll try to do a little meet-up with people, you know, in and around the uh, northern New Jersey region or something like that. Maybe a Crystal Springs trip again.
1: That would be cool. That would be cool. If we can make that work, I would definitely be into it.
0: For sure. For sure. All right, buddy. Anything else for the good of or the order?
1: Nah, I think we're good, man.
0: All right. Well, people, as always, let you know what? I'm not going to say this line today. Just based on the climate that we're in, I don't want to say dying. So how about you just get out and get busy golfing?
1: Yeah, just, just go golf, everyone.
0: That's it. See you next
1: week. All right, be good.